Hi, and welcome back to Track Change as the official podcast of the Postlight Web Agency and product shop in New York City. I'm your co-host, Paul Ford. And Rich Ziotti. Okay, they, Rich, they asked us to bring the energy up a little bit. I know, but I, I do this like strain thing where I sound like it's going to explode. Nitro burning funny cars. <laughs> All right, look, well, let's not be those people. No, we're understated and sophisticated. Postlight is a, an agency and product shop in New York City. You come to us, we build your app, we'll make your web platform, we do all that stuff. But right now we're going to do a podcast and we're going to make it as good as possible. We're Rich. bringing it to the people this week. Yeah, this is a Q&A podcast. We're going to just answer questions from people who have written into contact at postlight.com. That's contact at postlight.com, the overall email. If you have any questions about anything. Really anything. Really anything. We'll we talk get, to anyone We get some much. great stuff. We don't get any pictures, which is kind of a problem. Email attachments welcome. Yeah, we love it. We love it. Whatever you want to send us, you send us at that email. All right. Yeah. You want to read the first question or should I? I'll read it. Great. All right. Hi, Postlight. Can you please tell me why the UI for Google products, especially analytics and AdWords, is so terrible? It feels like every link and button was designed to be in the last place you would naturally look. Is this deliberate? A culture thing? Is it actually good and I just have bad instincts? A. Oh, poor A. I know what A has to deal with in, in his or her daily life. A struggling a little bit. The ad platform. Yeah. See, the, you, when you go in and you type in that search box, that's pretty good. It's very good. I, yeah, mean, I mean, Google. It had to Google be good, right? Maps is good. Gmail, is... since it was launched in 2006. Mm-hmm. And Solid. Never changed. Yep. <laughs> Except they put some more tabs in. Uh, yeah. It's, that's a strong product. But when you go under the hood and you're actually using Google as it was meant to be, which is as an advertising platform, forget that it's a search engine. It's a little bit of a rough scene. It's a giant flame and heap of pain. Yeah, it's a rough scene. What's the background there? What What is that? Well, you know, he goes through the possibilities and I think they're worth going through. Is this, is this deliberate? No. Let's knock that out of the way. It's They're not trying to make things bad for you. A. Let's give A a name. I'm getting uncomfortable just calling him A. Alan. Or Andrea. Oh, here we go. Oh, just stop. All just right. Stick. Andrea. Okay. So, no, it's not deliberate, clearly. Is it a culture thing? Well, I mean, everything's a culture thing. I mean, if humans are involved, it's a culture thing. Um, Google is an, an engineering company. But I think this is a hypothesis. This is a theory I'm going to throw out there. Google thought long, hard, and deep, really long, hard, and deep about the little kids and grandma and when they put stuff into the search box. I think they cared immensely about that experience for years and years and years. And I think they continue to because it's everything. It's the oxygen that Google needs to live, right? I think when you start to get into the pro side of it, the administrative side of it. So, and for people who don't know, like what you might do is, is you have a banner ad and you want to run that banner ad throughout Google's network. Correct. And so you need to like get that banner ad in, yeah. name the campaign, figure yeah. out how much you're going to buy, what keywords you're, you're purchasing yes. against and what demographic. So there's a whole interface for this. that I think most, the absolute vast majority of humanity will never see. No. But you should sign up and go in and take a look because if you think Google is a perfect company that can do no wrong, you should yeah. probably go take a look it's, at this It's thing. a bad part of town. I just went back in after about uh, yeah. a couple years out. I was like, I, wanted, I needed to do something. Mm-hmm. 
And it, it gets worse every single year. And you know, you gotta you gotta imagine, look, you know what? I need Sally. She is a world class UX designer. And she's right now worried about the six hundred million people hitting Google Maps, but I need her for six months to redo the four million people that are touching See, I think that this is a... I, I think it's a prioritization No, of I talent. think that would be a crisis. I think that they absolutely could do that. But they bought DoubleClick around the year 1855. It's right. been a while. Yeah. And the ad industry has grown up around this tool. And when I look at the analytics tool, what I see is essentially like a green screen application. And exactly. What that is is like the old apps that they used to do to like manage yep. your banking. Mm-hmm. And it would just be that green screen with like five lines, like enter code 629. Yeah. I feel that there's this entrenched, like those 4 million people, or maybe it's more like 100,000, or maybe yep. it's 2,000 spending the big bucks. They know that garbage heap. And Google is willing to bring them into the offices and take them to the awesome Google cafeteria. Yeah. And right. uh, show the them money. how to use it. It's the money that's coming in. Yeah, exactly. They have dedicated concierge service. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, here is a, an extreme weather event of software yeah. dumping down on your forehead, but it's your entire career. So who cares if you can't find the button? That's kind of your skill is that you know where the button is. Like that's the, that's the other part of it. You get good at bad habits and those people that are highly skilled at those weird consoles almost start to feel good. Oh, without a doubt. About how good they are at the horribleness. Well, it's the thing you're ad the ad industry overall, right? Like it's, it's actually just more web servers serving stuff. Like yeah. It's like, hey, I got this little tiny box. I'm going to jam it in a hole. Yeah. You know, I got some demographic information, uh, and I'm going to make some callbacks. I have never seen groups of individuals mythologize crappy database calls like yeah. ad people. <laughs> it's just like, oh, well, you know, this is, a, this is a way to automatically disambiguate the blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And there are genuinely smart people in the space, and you actually have to – it takes a while to figure out who is just completely full of nonsense. Yeah. And there's a billion little companies trying to get in between a person looking at a banner ad and a company that wants to pay for that, just taking pennies out of the process. Yeah. Billions. I mean, billions of dollars are flowing through the system, which is why publishing is screwed, but advertising is doing okay. And I think there's a vested interest in like, if you change that software, a lot of people freak out. We've talked about it before. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an industry and a profession all its own. And why would Google kill a golden goose? Even touch it. Yeah. Honestly, the, you don't have to kill it. If you just mess around with it, you start to mess around with, with everything, right? So so my so, bet is that, that Alan or Andrea doesn't do this every single day. I think they were they just decided to start a cookie mail yeah. order business, and they're like, oh, I can use Google Ads. That's and, right. I better get in there and figure this out. It's software. I, I'm good at using things. I have a mouse. Right. And instead, they just enter, you know, just something that is yep. burning. Mm-hmm. And and that's hard to use, and that really requires licensed software firemen. To come right. In. So, Andrew, it's not your fault. You didn't do anything wrong. No, it's just that's the world. Yeah, and Google's going to keep making that money. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Good luck. Here's another question, Rich. Go. Hey, peeps. This is from Aditya. Yeah. Okay. Why has Amazon been neglecting the design of some of its apps, such as IMDb and Goodreads? Seeing that these apps are gigantic droves of social data pertaining to their business, surely it makes sense for Amazon to work on these apps more closely. Also, hi, designer here, fresh out of college from the Midwest, where the youth is apparently young and rastless. Aditya Jane, S-I-G-R-I, Sigri.com. Do you have an answer? Uh, 
as with the previous question, the answer is, uh, is again, another theory because we don't know exactly why things are the way they are. Amazon, I think, you know, when they buy these things, I, I got to give them credit for one thing. They don't break them. IMDb is still IMDb for the most part. Woot is still Woot. They own Woot? Do you never heard this story? No. Uh, so Jeff Bezos took the owner of Woot out for breakfast, and they had octopus for breakfast. And the owner of Woot was like, why do you want to buy Woot? And Jeff Bezos pointed to the octopus and went, you see this breakfast octopus? I don't really understand it, but I must understand. It was something like, I must understand the breakfast octopus. It was like that. I was, what? That's, yeah, that's what Jeff Bezos said. Oh, good God. Yeah. No, it was really good. We have to, if you look up breakfast octopus, you're going to get the whole story. Uh, a anyway. crazy story. Crazy yeah. story. Uh, you sure you didn't dream this? I, I did not dream it. Okay. I'm telling you, Google, I, we don't have access to the internet right. in an easy way here in the studio. <laughs> okay. But, um, all right. Back to this question. I, I, think, I, I think they're wise enough not to break stuff. So IMDb is still IMDb. Sure. Uh, Goodreads is still Goodreads. I think they suck any sort of data and behavioral data out of those systems as much as they want to. I, I, I think you see a box ad. I think if you just keep searching for Fast and Furious 1 and 2, that Amazon's smart enough to show you Fast and Furious 3 and 4. I think there's stuff like that, but I think they, they know not to break them, but they know how to tease value out of the data that's inside of them. I, th- I think those sites are basically nice APIs inside of the giant Amazon ecosystem, but why give them excess love when they don't convert to billions of dollars a minute? Exactly. And also, it's weird love, right? If you sent, oh, you know what, let's send six designers from Amazon over to I, the IMDb offices. That's just a bad kickoff meeting. Let's just face it. It's going to be weird. It's going to be uncomfortable. Oh, just like like lizards talking to little tiny pieces of lizard food. I mean, it's, it's although not, they bought IMD, you know, four or 5,000 years ago. It's been a long time. It's been a while. I, I mean, most, I bet many don't even know they own IMDb. Yeah. So I, I think with that one, it's just Amazon, to their credit, does not actively completely destroy everything that they touch, but they don't give it the same power and scale as other Amazon products. They are focused on what they've decided to be focused on. That, I think that's very correct. So those are good sites. They're going to always be up. They're going to run. Yeah. Uh, they're going to get pretty good, but they're just not going to have a lot of new products rolling out. I don't think they're – yeah, there's the incentive and – uh, there's also a great conspiracy theory, by the way, around this stuff, which is that Goodreads' growth, for example, as the place where books get reviewed and whatnot, you could argue, again, conspiracy theory, is that once it's in Amazon's hands, its growth is tempered and controlled and monitored, and it can never become the place, whereas Amazon is trying to be the place. I mean, that's that's all. Amazon is, is known for that, right? Like. It's a real tough place. Like, remember, there was that story about the the diapers related business that they. I, I'm going to go down a, a wrong path. But no, no, no. Yeah, diapers.com. Right. They wanted to buy it, and they didn't want to sell. And then Amazon essentially went on a an undercutting cost campaign that was starting to suck the blood out of that company. Amazon has the oxygen in terms of the the global economy of boxes moving around, and they started to cause real damage to them. Until they came back. So it was sort of a, 
good cop, bad cop. So there was, you know, one guy saying, hey, join the family. And then there was someone else who that was just literally slowly killing them or at least starting to threaten to. And eventually I think they owned that. I, I believe it, it ended up happening. I can't right? remember how the story ended, but it wasn't. It was sort of like what had been glory became like someone just limping across the finish line. Yeah. I would never particularly want to go do business with Amazon. They scare the crap out of me. You mean as a business? Oh, as a consumer, you have no choice. They're they pretty say, hardcore. Yeah. They're pretty hardcore. I mean, you get that sense. No, there's stupid smiley boxes come in the door. You know, I don't even know. I have, I have subscriptions to products I don't even understand. I subscribe to anchovies. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I subscribe to cat food and, and uh, razors. I don't know yeah. how it happened. I think we've got a title for this podcast, by the way. Cat food and razors. Well, I was going to say cat food and anchovies. But That's perfect. That's way. fine. No, we can share. Well, you're right. It should be both of us together. Co-founders, Paul. All right. Let's keep going. You got the next one. All right. Rich and Paul, while discussing the impending death of the web, which is something we often do discuss, Mm -hmm. you mentioned an interest in querying the 10 to 12-year-old demographic regarding browsers. Chromebooks have invaded the local school system. Those are uh, laptops that are by Google that have Google products on them. They are creating a generation of elementary school Google slide creators. They love emoticon clip art as much as you can imagine, and the transition animations are perhaps a tad excessive, but they're also learning presentation and composition skills, which make me a proud papa and simultaneously sadden that we don't have these digital natives running the show already. When I was 11, I'm positive my parents didn't advise me on the 30-20-10 guidelines for effective presentations. Rich, do you know what those are? I do. What what are they? 30-point font, 20 minutes, 10 slides. Okay, that's that's thirty twenty ten. There we go. Never heard of that before. Lydia doesn't have to wait until her VC pitch meetings to start using that one. Okay, so that that's from Rob. Rob is saying that Chromebooks are in the schools, which you know I'd love to see stats on this. I don't know what's happening in elementary school when it comes to computers right now. I mean, Chromebooks are cheap, and their effect. I mean, I think the core of the Chromebook is the browser. It is. I think. It's for- I think there there is Chrome OS, like there's a kind of operating system, yeah. but it's a it's a shim to get you into a web browsing experience, and it also manages some offline right. stuff. So if you're going to write a document, you're going to Google Docs. That's what you're there's using. No yeah, that is your you're using Google's stuff. That's your Office suite, and like Correct. everything, it's kind of got Linux at the bottom. And you know, you've got probably a, a highly restricted browser that lets you that gives you a URL bar, and you can go to uh, you know sesamestreet.com or whatever it may be. So that's See, it's That's interesting, cool. right, because when these things launch, you know, Chrome OS was going to take over the universe and Google was going to compete with Apple and with Microsoft. Mm-hmm. And it's a little different. It's still out there. It's still pretty big. Yeah. And it's finding, obviously, it's finding a niche. I mean, the fact that they've clearly sold hundreds of these into school systems is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Or I, I mean, probably I, I thousands, get... hundreds of thousands. I mean, if it's probably a wealthy school system, they probably have Macs and, and whatnot. Yeah, you but... don't hear about this too much in New York City. No. No, that's not exactly. The public schools in New York, I don't think, are... I mean, there's probably a computer lab or a computer class, but not every kid's getting a Chromebook in New York. I mean, so I'd be interested in seeing the stats on how that stuff is working. The truth is, you know, they talk about how, you know, smartphones are taking over and everybody's using their smartphones mostly. But people are going to go to work probably on a computer with a keyboard. You know, I was at an Internet Thinky conference uh, a couple years ago. People were talking about, like, empowering kids to use phones uh-huh. and i was like look we're in new york city as we're talking about this the most empowering software is microsoft excel 
and PowerPoint and Word. That's what's used to move billions and billions of dollars around in the world economy. Probably trillions. Trillions. More than... Probably trillions. So it's like, hey, I can help teens chat and create community. That's important. That's good. I like that. That's important. And they should be able to create autonomous zones and have their own forms of expression. But the reality is that unless something dramatically changes and suddenly Venmo can move trillions of dollars around, yeah, uh, you're talking about a situation in which office documents and spreadsheets, without a doubt, those are the power tools for participating in the world economy wherever you are. Yeah, and, uh, if, and- if you're in Lagos, if you're here, those are the things that people use to say, "I want to move money from here to here," and it means that. Without a doubt. And I think another power tool that's worth mentioning is the web. The web is the research tool. And I don't think that's going to go away anytime soon. No, you can't actually. And it's interesting, right? Because Facebook is taking over everything. But you can't use Facebook to like do basic due diligence and choose a bank. Right. Work. Yeah. Exactly. You can't use Facebook. You can't use Twitter to do work. And what's amazing to me is that actually these these are amazing service buses for communicating about ideas. Mm-hmm. But you can't use them. Like They have made an objective decision that they're not going to participate that way. Yeah, I mean, Rob is actually making a great point about our point about the web being dead. We've really been talking about it as a consumer slash entertainment platform. And when we talk about work, the tools that people are going to use, spreadsheets, word processors, and the web, frankly, I think are going to be there. You know what I would say is I, f- I feel that one of the first major off-web work experiences is Slack. Hmm. Slack is of the web. It was born on the web. It uses web protocols probably under the hood to communicate. But it the experience of Slack, and, chat it can, app. and it can happen in the browser, but the core experience of it seems to be on the desktop app to the side of your browser. Yeah, I think Even that's right. though that desktop app is currently just a, it's a web shim. Like it is a web app. In a box. Wrapped around, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. And I'm, I'm assuming it'll continue to be that because it's not like it needs to be a 3D environment. Right. But great point, Rob, I have to say. Ten-year-olds are not running around with smartphones chatting and doing Snapchat and whatnot. Here's a question, though. Should kids be doing presentations as as little tiny children? Is that what they need to be learning? I mean, you're calling it a presentation like they're pitching, you know, a a clinical trial for a pharma company. But do we want their heads... That's not what they're doing, right? Do we want their heads wrapped up in that structure of thinking? Do you want a kid learning 30-20-10... No, but I think I think I want, anything that is a an opportunity to be creative, I think is cool. I, I'm I'm for it. If there's I, if there are a bunch of decal, you know, stickers that they're putting on a presentation that they get to animate from left to right at, as ten year olds, I think that's cool. I mean, that's true. It's kids expression. Are, kids and, are going to be kids if they're allowed to do kind of what they want to do. Yeah. If it's someone saying like, "Oh, you went over two minutes talking about the unicorn sales tool." Yeah. I mean, if the project is Sally, make a presentation to help me sell this house. Yeah. Not fun. Although right? that said, when I was like eight, I was told to define and create marketing materials for my dog walking business. And I loved that. That was fun. By who? Who asked By, you to do that? At school. It was like a school project. Wow. You were in a pretty fancy school. Not really. Actually, okay. it was in pretty normal school. But they were just like, okay, you have a business. And I like, you know, I wrote up an ad. As, and it was at just like eight? Eight or nine. That's like third grade. It wasn't old. It was just, but it was literally like, Paul Ford, walk your dog. And then like a picture of a dog. You're a bright guy. You were in the gifted class? No, I really wasn't. Huh. No, I never, no. Okay. And um, that's a very different kind of conversation. And then I wrote my phone number down. (laughs) I I found it years and years later. I I wrote my phone number down. I got my phone number wrong. I was a pretty bright kid. I did a pretty good job. Yeah. yeah. But I I wrote down the wrong phone number. Yeah. No, but I'm, I'm pro creative tools. For kids, yes. All right. So, and we think that Google 
whatever it's called, presentations. God, they name those things boringly. Slides. Google it's slides. It's called Google Slides. Google Rectangle. Uh, is an okay thing for kids to use? I think so. I think so. I think I think a spreadsheet that does magic number adding and subtracting and multiplying is a cool thing too. I think that's all good stuff. That is true. I mean, that's I'd rather they learn that than some crappy calculator. Yeah, because it's 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 leveling up, right? You're yeah. just taking it to the like sort of next abstract level of how you're going to solve stuff. I'm also sort of a, can you add a thousand numbers together? I think kids find those sort of things it's interesting. Fun. My kids make me count to a hundred all the yeah. time. I was reading recently about how Legos have taken a sad turn. Oh yeah, no, because, because they're no, they're not creative building blocks anymore. They're like there's this very narrow thing you're gonna build once, and then that's it. So the pieces they give you are to just build the motorcycle, and once that's done, put it on the shelf, and you're never gonna you can't take those same pieces and build something else with it. Well, plus all the all the Legos are now made from opium, which is really sad. Is that true? No. Oh. <laughs> all right, we have one more question. One more question. One more. We can do it. Okay. The question comes from Tom. And Tom asked, true or false? Oh, these are easy. Discover Weekly rocks. Now, I think Tom is referring to the Discover Weekly feature in Spotify. Okay. Yeah, that's sure. Which is a playlist that lands in your app every Monday, every week, once a week, that is generated by Spotify based on... And this is kind of unclear exactly what it's based on, but it's based on what you're into. I can add some color there. Okay. okay. Wait, true or false? Does it rock? I'm going to, you know, I'm going to say it rocks. False. I'm going to say it doesn't. Okay. So Discover, so Spotify has recommended artists, recommended playlists, stuff like that. Yeah. It's all based on statistics. There so far yep. has been what I would say very little Spotify spam. Yeah, I think that's right. I'm just glad they don't put bounty paper towel ads in between the songs. Well, I'm like, just you pay for it, right? Thankful of that. I do pay for yeah, it. I pay yes. for it. You, I think you get those if you don't. Is that true? Yeah, that's what people that's the experience of Spotify for the vast majority of humanity. Oh, okay. But but we being people of relative privilege, we yes. pay for our Yes. Anywho, Discover Weekly. So you have a good experience with it. You're like every week. You know, like, he oh. asked rocks, true or false. I'm going to say good, true or false. Rocks, I would not give it. Well, I mean, it's also I would say specific. true for good is what I would say. Okay. Um, for a while, I was getting a lot of female singer-songwriters that like just were alone with a guitar. And I wasn't sure why. I didn't know if Spotify was oh, going through Rich, my email as well as my musical habits. Rich, we know why. <laughs> um, but it seems to have eased off that. I think what's happened, and this is feedback to the Discover Weekly team, is I think it's feeding on itself at this point. I th- it might be, yeah. I don't think it's, it's sort of ta- you know, reaching out a little to the left or to the right and throwing some stuff in there. There's zero serendipity to it. I just find it very patronizing. Like, there was one week where I was like, all right, cool, fine. Okay. This yeah. is cool. I like this. And then yeah. it was kind there of was like... There's no surprises. There's a lot of, like, twee indie stuff where there's also, like, a good female vocalist. I got a lot of that. And... Yeah. Um, a little bit of electronica. Like, and it's like, oh, well, that is, that's my pattern. I like that. I'm it is your that. pattern. And they get it right. But then you hit week two and you're like, really? This is what you think of me? And yeah. week three, you're like, you just think I'm in a, like a jackass. Yeah. You just think that I do I, I'm at the wedding. I'm at a wedding. Yeah. What is happening yeah. here? And then week four, There's you're like, guys, really? Yeah. Come on, get out of my house. They, you know what it is? We, we, I think I like an element of surprise that sort of throws me off with music. 
That's right. And I think not everyone is like me, so not everyone wants that element of surprise. And I think that's why I don't give it a, a it truly rocks rating because I, I like to be surprised. I mean, that's the thing is, I did a project years ago. So South by Southwest, the big music festival part of South by Southwest. Mm-hmm released all of the MP3 files of, or many of the MP3 files of the bands that were performing. I think they still do this every year. It's like gigs of stuff. So, well, they put them on the website, and then somebody spiders them all into one big torrent file that you can then download. And then it just spreads all over. So I was like, why not? I got all 763. And I'm like, well, I'll review them. So I reviewed every single... Uh, all 763. Song, with six word reviews, because I had to kind of lock it down somehow. You yeah. can't leave that open-ended. Fun. I did that for a website called themorningnews.org. Mm-hmm. I remember you doing this. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it ended up being anthologized into the best music writing right around the same time as I was anthologized in the best software writing. So it was a good year for me yeah. in terms of being... Ego's the, feeling real good. The best, uh, to be the best writer about both music and software. Yeah. pretty good. Yeah. And, uh, but regardless, it's, this podcast isn't about me. It's about, it's about the people listening. And yes. um, anyway... My ears literally bled from the project because I, I had the wrong headphones. And so blood, as I, I listened to music so much and took so many notes and I'm like on the train, like I, and my blood started to pour out of my ears. So I was deep into it. Okay. And um, I found that the form of the music was actually so much less important than a, just a sense of kind of quality and engagement, mm-hmm. especially over time. So I got 99, you know, 95% of everything was just like, okay, or pretty bad. Like, I've so, heard this before. It's yeah, kind it's of okay. I get, I get what they're doing. It's young yeah. people. Like, more power to them. God bless. Yep. Although by the time, you start to hedge when you're beginning a project like that. And by the end, you're just like, I hope they die in a fire. That becomes yeah. the review. Yeah. And um, the quality, it kind of didn't matter what the form was. It would be, I remember one song just called I Am the Laser Viking, and it was just somebody kind of screaming, mm-hmm. but it had the right energy. And just a huh. lot of bands like that where you're just did like... Did you rate, by the way? Or was I it did. Words? I rated everything from one to five stars. Got it. Yeah. So, it, okay. And it was very, very, sorry, it was a very like straightforward linear distribution. Like Most things were bad. Yeah. And very few things were good. Yeah. And, I think energy is a great word here. Right? Yeah. Energy and... It's a little bit of creativity that's just – I don't want to hear screaming and like 20 minutes of scre- shrill screaming. No. That's I, – that, I get what you're doing there and I don't need that. Yeah. Like it's got to just go off the road just a little bit. There was one song on I swear to God it was 10 minutes and I could tell that they had cut and pasted it. And I made myself listen to every song all the way through. I felt that that was the only ethical way to approach this problem. Oh, boy. Yeah, you know. I and you had screaming for 10 minutes. It wasn't even screaming. It was just this like electronica tune uh, and it was like, you know, kind of – rough around the edges and I just kind of heard the part where they just repeated the five minutes and I was like god monsters yeah that's garbage but yeah no I mean I am the laser viking or like some weird funk track or whatever yeah. like when you're in the mix of it yeah it, the energy is is what matters and I don't think that Spotify captures that data it gets well, it a little tough, right it, well it gets it from popularity but then I think because it's corpus mm-hmm. is so huge mm-hmm. popularity is really tricky it's like, very tricky. Like Katy Perry is very popular, and I'll, yeah. I'll listen to a Katy Perry song. I'm yeah. fine with that. That's why I, I wish they had a little bit of Pandora's technology, which isn't just collaborative filtering sort of popularity stuff. It's sort of traits within the tracks. So you seem to like darker, slower tempo rock song. Like, you know, they do that whole thing where no, they whatever construct. Whatever it is with like, Pandora. That is kind of neat. It's, it's recommendations are far more effective to me, and I have yeah. no idea what 
That's a great puzzle, right? Like yeah. trying to I think work they just go back. about it completely differently. Yeah. Can I plug an artist since we're talking about music, or is that unethical? Go for it. Okay. Always fun, slightly, just surprising enough. He's a DJ producer named Blockhead, and he's on Spotify, and there's no vocals, but it's just good. He's great. No, he's, he's great. great. He's a very sort of like trip hoppy, like lots of samples. Yeah. It's like a little silly, but also really just good. And well done. Yeah, yeah. just well done. It's yes. It's our sweet spot. That would never show up in my Discover Weekly. It would, that's the thing, right? It would never show up. And, it, it's, and that's it's unfortunate. A, it's the stuff I love. Yeah. So Tom, I mean, Tom asked the basic question, and we ended up talking about ourselves. Well, that's that's what this is. That's what uh, this podcast is, really. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, look, those are all the questions that we're going to have time to answer today. Yes, but, but we, keep keep them coming. Contact at postlight.com. Yeah. Uh, Rich, we did it again. We recorded another podcast. I think this went beautifully. I, I'm going to ask people to go to iTunes and rate what their heart tells them to rate. Yeah, be fair. Just, you know, whatever works for you. Be fair. Just keep in mind that we're both very sensitive people. Yeah, we are. We are, and then we look at everything that happens. Carefully. Anyone needs anything, contact at postlight.com. I'll say it no more times. We're really glad to have you as a listener. Any way we can be of service, postlight.com. Check yes. us out. We're a company that does web things. Great web things. Uh, Rich, we're, let's get back to work. we got a meeting in about 10 minutes. Wait, let's run. Okay, run back there. to the office. All right. Have a great week, everyone. Yeah, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.